0: two guys two topics two, 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 two opinions you talk give me two. this is the split story of the day on 975 1280 the zone Hit it. and the zone sports Network all right Gordon uh, you have a column that was recently uh, recently released a couple of hours ago up at sltrib.com. I'm assuming it's going to be in tomorrow's hard copy edition uh, but let's talk about what you wrote about today
1: Yes, uh it's the uh, the when when Wimbledon was canceled that's when it really hit me that okay that Wimbledon wraps up in about the middle of July and if we're talking about canceling something that wraps up in the middle of July now we're getting you know we're just a few weeks away from the fall and uh, it just got me thinking that uh this this is we're in this for the long haul. I don't think there is a quick solution to it uh at least not in the traditional way that we think of when we think of sports now maybe they can concoct some sort of deal where they you know televise games where there are very few people there and we've we've discussed that in the past but that's not the same you know that's that's just uh almost a futuristic kind of idea of having tv cameras there broadcasting what's going on uh beaming it to folks back home but this this whole idea that there are no spectators there is 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 really rather revolutionary. I have the only time I've ever heard of a uh, of a game being played in front of no fans was uh, wasn't there some sort of outbreak uh, of some sort of sickness like in up in New York State somewhere way back when? Do you remember that?
0: I don't. No. Oh. Uh.
1: Well, I I don't know what it was, but it was something so they played the game in front of nobody. So I I wonder how that what that would look like, Uh, because people uh, it's one thing. Okay, let me let me back up. I I think that at some point over the summer, the social distancing thing might uh, subside. Uh, I I think that it might come to a point, and I'm hopeful on this, that uh, people will be able to maybe go out to eat Maybe go to the office, do some of these things if proper things are really followed right now. And that's key to this whole thing. Unlike the, the uh, 70 spring breakers that chartered a plane and went down to Mexico uh, against all advice. And then 40 of them came down with the coronavirus, uh, COVID-19. we got to listen and if we listen then maybe things will loosen up later on but that's different than loading 60,000 people into a football stadium and i wonder how that's i, I just it's hard to imagine that any time in the near future and so what does that leave that leaves the idea of televising games in front of no fans can you can you imagine it how how do you see it jake and what do you think the likelihood is for that kind of scenario. Because even if you're allowed to go to a game, would you?
0: Would you choose to? I, I think a lot of folks w- would if they were convinced that it was that it was safe and we've had uh, we've had that conversation uh, a, uh, certainly a lot um, and I, I agree with your your assessment you know big gatherings like sporting events are, are going to be kind of the last things to, to come back you're right we're gonna ease social distancing and folks are going to be able to go back to work uh, in, in hopefully in some way shape or form because that is that is just critical, you know, maybe we'll see smaller gatherings like, like church congregations. Those, those will probably come back, you know, before, before we get sports. So I, I certainly get your point, but remember we were talking yesterday as well, that we're going to have to kind of mm, ditch what we think is, is, you know, the concepts that are normal to us. Right. And I think that's where this conversation comes in. Yeah. It would be weird to televise an NBA game if there are no fans, but screw that. If we can figure out a way to do it, let's do it. let's let's part ways with what we uh, you know are traditionally attached to and get over it and just figure out the best way to function with as much as we possibly can while being safe. And so I, I hear what you're saying about, you know, it would be kind of weird to, to broadcast these these events with with nobody there. but if we can do it, let's do it. Let's utilize that technology and and let's get sports back in some sort of functional fashion in in some way, shape or form, because um, I I think society can benefit. And frankly, you know, there's a lot of financial stuff that could get moving again and maybe some jobs can be saved and those sorts of things. So, uh, you know, I'm. I'm absolutely fine with breaking from my traditional expectation of watching a sporting event if it means that we could somehow have that sporting event. I'm down. Aren't you?
1: I suppose. It reminded me of what uh, Lee Trevino uh, said like in 1970, and I mentioned this in the column, where he looked around at the television cameras that were following him. Uh, by the way, I, I interviewed Lee Trevino once, and he was kind of a he was kind of a, an angry jerk uh, when I talked to him. But he was he was kind of a funny guy back then. Anyway, he looked around and uh, he looked at the cameras and, and said, "That's the future of sports, right there, not the people in the gallery." And I thought that was really interesting. Uh, a, a bit of an exaggeration, but still, I wonder if we're headed in that direction and i wonder if this 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 situation with uh with the uh coronavirus is 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 uh speeding up that process a little bit do you think when people say things will never be the same do you think that that includes attendance at games and things like that do no. you think that, uh-uh. do you think that once this thing gets uh whatever the word is contained do you think people will go back to, to loading into a stadium with a bunch of people they don't know? And and if they are there, then what do you do when somebody's coughing or somebody is sneezing? Now the uh, tests are showing that this thing can be spread just by talk, just by breathing. Uh, and that's, I'm telling you, that, 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 that'll wake you up in a hurry, I think.
0: Um, I think people are eager to gather together in groups again. Uh, and do i think like all of a sudden well let me put it this way when when things do open up again do i i think that 100% everybody comes back day 1 maybe it takes a minute but yeah i mean i i think going going to sports uh, going to concerts those things they're they're a big part of our life in society and we'll we'll get over it and and get back to doing the things that we enjoy and we love i mean i don't have a time frame for you there gordon but i mean Uh, Like, uh, let's see, Kyle on Twitter says, I'd go to a jazz game tomorrow. Every other seat, maybe, he suggests. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I I don't think, as a society, I honestly believe sometimes fear takes over. uh, uh, But for the most part, we don't operate in fear. You remember the remember the response after 9-11, where it was the country saying, we're not going to let you interrupt what we do. We're not going to live in fear. I, I I believe that that's usually the way that our society goes, that we're not going well, to live in fear. And it might take us a little bit to get over it, but we're going to get over it.
1: It's uh, unfortunately that attitude is persisting right now among some. Mm-hmm. And, and it shouldn't. In this it case shouldn't. we need in to, order we to, need to, get to change the way- out, Well sorry go Jake, ahead. in order to get this thing knocked out people got to stay home. They just got to it has to happen. And the testing needs to be widespread until there's a vaccine. And I keep hearing rumors like the the story out of Pittsburgh that the University of Pittsburgh Medical Center there researchers uh, think there might be on to something that might lead to a vaccine. Uh, And if that is, in fact, the case, then hallelujah. But in the meantime, people got to stay away from or resist the temptation to gather. But once it does subside, then go ahead and gather. But I don't know how big it's one thing to gather with nine of your friends. It's another to load into a freaking stadium, Jake, with uh, that many people, thousands, you know, 50,000 or 20,000 or 30000 or 70000 I don't know how eager, I don't know what kind of reassurance the public has to have in order for that stadium to be full again.
0: A couple of random stories that are out there today. One I know that, uh, that caught your eye. LaMelo Ball purchased his Australian NBL team. <laughs> <Yes>. Where's LaMelo <laughs> Ball getting money? I mean, he's, he's going to be in, what, next year's draft? Or or this yes, year 2020 and so he i' i mean is is lavar uh, uh somehow secretly extraordinarily wealthy? I know he said big baller brand was worth a billion dollars, but there's no way that's true right
1: <laughs> I didn't think so <laughs> but I, I okay so he apparently he's really
0: highly thought of as a prospect do you believe that more so than the, who is the the middle brother? Who I don't know the kid that went us Lee, over in Europe. Was it Angelo, something? yeah, something, like, something that. like that. Yeah, but uh, he wasn't good. This he he, uh, he should be Lamelo. Yeah, is a good prospect. Should be a, at least a lottery pick in the upcoming yeah. draft.
1: I I can't keep I too many balls in the air. But anyway, uh, I I saw this and I, it made me think: Can you own a team and play in the NBA? Can you do both? Well, he Is had to any?
0: he he had to look into that, right? I'm I'm sure yeah, yeah, he's I mean, not gonna not go into the NBA draft because oh, I, I'd rather own an Australian basketball team that that can't that's not so he well, must be al- allowed to do it.
1: When I first saw the story, you know what words came to my mind immediately? Hey, Lamelo, stay in your lane. Why? Remember. Remember when his dad said that?
0: Oh, uh, to uh, to Leahy. yeah, to Kristen Leigh. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, stay in your lane.
1: <laughs> anyway, I, I I found I found that kind of fascinating to, to think of a guy who, I, first of all, I didn't know where he's getting the money from. I think he was purchasing it with his manager, right?
0: Yeah, and his manager apparently, uh, Jermaine Jackson used to be in the NBA, so maybe he's got a little coin. But uh, I mean, Lamelo, well, he's in on the ownership group.
1: What's the name of the team? Do you have that in front of you?
0: Uh, let's see here. Something Hawks or something? Uh, the Illawarra Hawks? I-L-L-A-W-A-R-R-A. So I don't know where Illawarra is. I have no clue. Do you want me to Google that, that, like, that? Or, or no, I'm sure just, you are somewhere near Google, correct? I, I, I wonder,
1: uh, how, one, how much it costs to buy a team in, the, uh, in that league. And two, how lucrative it is to own a team like that.
0: I mean, why else would he be doing this? Yeah, it's got to it's got to be to make some money, right? You'd think. I don't know. I I thought it was a pretty strange story, actually. But what do you
1: do? You think do you think this is something that a lot of people would do if they could? I mean, would our? Let me ask this to our listeners, and you can communicate with us uh, at Gordon Monson at Jake Scott Zone. Would you like to own your own basketball franchise? Does that sound appealing? It kind of does, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, I think it's the dream. Who wouldn't want to own their own team? I don't know. Would it be a major headache? Because he's obviously got other things that he's concerning himself with. So let me ask this. Would you like to own a team like that in Australia's basketball league, but you had to keep your job? So you you would it, th- this responsibility comes on top of what you're already handling in your life now.
0: Yeah, I well they they said in the article that I read at espn.com that they're uh, he's going to be, you know, his attention is going to be elsewhere so they're going to concentrate on hiring the right people. So if it's one of those things that like runs itself, why not?
1: Yeah, that doesn't everybody want to have a business that runs itself? <laughs> The problem is that a lot of small business people, they've got to do the lion's share of the work themselves. So in this case, I guess if you don't have to worry about that, you can just fly in on certain occasions and just walk around and be the big cheese. Then uh, I don't know. I I guess in theory that sounds kind of fun, but I, I don't know what the realities are. And and I don't know what the wear and tear as far as worry would be
0: well you know what uh gordon next time we have uh we have gail miller on the air we should ask her if owning uh, her own nba franchise is fun because i bet it is i bet it is fun don't you think yeah you would think so
1: it, it, it sounds fun but then we don't have to deal with with all the all the things that come across the desk you know i mean it sounds fun but a lot of things sound fun
0: well, that's why, you know, Gail, hopefully, you know, I would think, hired the right people. And she probably doesn't have uh, a lot of those uh, those details to worry about that uh, are, are the not fun part. She just gets the, a chance to do the fun parts. That's what I do anyway. I don't know if that's, uh, that's oh, what Gail but, does, but, but, but that's it, what I do.
1: Ultimately, if you're the owner, uh, I understand. Even if you're fortunate enough to have capable people who are running the day-to-day side of it, ultimately, though— uh, the, the, the ultimate concern is yours and yours alone. Right.
0: True. But aren't the, and this is an interesting discussion, Gordon, aren't a lot of the best owners in sports, the ones that are really hands off and that just bask in the attention. I mean, isn't, As, but, isn't but, that but see, essentially what Robert Kraft does? I mean, he just lets uh, Belichick do everything and then, uh, just enjoys the attention of being an NFL owner.
1: But still, you, you ultimately are carrying that responsibility that, that I think that responsible owners carry with them. It's like being the principal of a school. It's with you 24-7. Even when you go home at night, you, you've got that school on your mind, right?
0: Oh, I don't know. Gordon, These are, I mean, Robert Kraft owns Kraft. You, <laughs> you think that he's living and breathing Patriots football 24-7? Not a chance. Yeah, these suppose. these other owners have a you know billion dollar endeavors. I mean, what I would do- still I understand that Jake, but I would still feel
1: a, a heavy responsibility for a stewardship over that team. Like, okay, if this thing, if something went wrong with this team on my watch, I would feel horrible about that. And I don't know, you like we 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 make fun of James Dolan sometimes. And I don't know what kind of responsibility he feels for his team. He doesn't seem to care a whole lot about what's going on on the floor. He's been fortunate to make a whole lot of money off of the the you know the whole Madison Square Garden thing. Uh, but I don't know if I could do. I I would worry about the quality of the product, and I would worry about the financial stability of the endeavor. Uh, even even if I'm not. You know, dotting the I's and crossing the T's uh, on a daily basis. It's still my baby, and I'm responsible
0: for the success of that thing. Craft, um, the Kraft Heinz Company, Gordon, employs 38,000 people. It's oh. <laughs> so, a lot of mac and cheese. <laughs> I, I I would guess I would guess that that um, the New England Patriots occupy a very small. Portion of Robert Kraft's attention because I don't know he's got thirty eight thousand employees that depend on him. If if anything's keeping him up at night, it's that. Yeah, I, I guess you're right. I guess. I mean, right. how many? Uh, think about uh, Larry H. Miller Corporation. How many? How many employees does it have? I mean, it's it's something. Gordon, I think um, I think they're like one of the top five biggest car sales companies in the entire country. I mean. You know, I, w- I would guess, you know, we could ask Steve Starks about this, CA, uh, CEO of the Larry H. Miller Group, how much uh, time the Jazz actually occupy of his as he oversees the entire company. I mean, you know, these owners, I- except for, is it Mark Davis, I think, is now the only NFL owner that is is the the franchise's his only gig? Uh, is I that think, right? I, that I think would make sense. I think that's true. Other than the Packers who are owned publicly. Right, yeah. right, right, right. But I think that Mark Davis is the only one who's privately owned, and that's his only and job, and that's his only gig, and that's that's the only thing he's got, right? Hmm. I I don't know that. I, it seems like that would be. I true, mean, yeah. uh, what's his name in uh, in Atlanta owns uh, Home, Home Depot. Depot? Yeah, you know how that's a monster company. How many people do they employ? You know, who owns the Forty ers Is it still but Yeah, it is still I DeBartolo. Think, yeah,
1: it's not Eddie, but it's someone else. It's uh, still that Eddie, same family. Eddie, Eddie, who was recently pardoned by the president. Right. Uh, what about like Steve Ballmer? What, what? What? I don't know what he's what he's uh, got. Uh, I know he's isn't he the richest NBA owner right he now? He is, from, and he's
0: I to my knowledge, no, he's no longer involved with Microsoft, right? But right, uh, a guy like so. that has got to have a bunch of irons in the fire, wouldn't you think?
1: Well, he's got fifty one billion, so it's got to be somewhere.
0: Right. It's not what, just what, in a money bin like uh, in Ducktales. But I think that's what I would do if I had fifty-one billion dollars. Wouldn't you make that into into some sort of coin currency and swim through it?
1: (laughs) Yeah, but yeah, in cartoon,
0: but in real life, you couldn't do that. You couldn't swim through coins. You can't dive off the high dive into a giant pit of coins. I'd like to try. (laughs) (laughs) That would hurt. It's worth the concussion to you. Is I, it? I'd, I'd like to try. I'd like to to have fifty one billion dollars in hard currency right in front of me. Yes, I, I would I would be willing to try and swim through that. Well, yeah. of
1: course, coins are harder than uh, than bills, but, but they're packed tight, and it would hurt either way. You're not going to be doing any you know breaststroke through the through the cash. So, but if I if I were Steve Ballmer and I had fifty one billion dollars, obviously. I mean, that's your stewardship, man. I mean, it's not just a matter of having money. I, I remember I interviewed this guy once. I, I believe his name. This was so long ago. I believe his name was David Murdoch, and I remember he looked like Lou Holtz. But he was the guy. I think he was the head. He owned uh, Dole, and he was starting a new uh, golf resort. And I went to talk to him about that new resort when I was in Los Angeles. And I, he had like a 3,000-acre ranch, and he had a, a house here, a house there, and he had a whole entourage with him. And I thought to myself, okay, this guy's got a ton of money, but he's also got a ton of, of, of concerns that he carries with him on his shoulders. And I thought to myself at that time, I wouldn't switch places with this guy. Uh, if I had to trade my entire life, for his, I wouldn't want all that. I wouldn't want to have to deal with all that. I wouldn't have to to carry that responsibility. I wouldn't want to have an entourage following me around with me. You know, I, it just seemed like it was very complex and everybody thinks money solves everything, but it, it really, it really doesn't uh, at least people who are responsible with it. They have all kinds of things that they carry with them. and. If I bet you anything that if we talked with Gail she would feel a responsibility to her employees and and their welfare and making sure you know that stuff doesn't just it's not just out there somewhere away over on the side it, i i think people who are responsible enough uh and industry enough uh, industrious enough to to have built something like that uh they they, they carry an enormous weight on their shoulders.
0: All right, we'll have more Big Show coming up. Stay tuned. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.